I basically used to be like, I have a really high pain tolerance. And I'm like, it was like, look, whoa. Okay. Huh. Holy what are you, shit. What are you doing here? Oh. <laughs> we're we're, we're mid-podcast. <laughs> Hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. How are we doing today? I am doing good. How are you? I've got to be honest, I'm a little bit tired today. Um, it's, a, it's a Tuesday here uh, as we are recording. And um, we have this, um, Tuesday is trash day here um, on the street where I'm currently living. And um, there was this, uh, there were these videos that did the rounds um, quite some time ago, a little while ago, about the difference in delivery people and how different delivery people deliver things. And it was like, there was an example of like Amazon and they like come and they they put your box down and they like prune your hedge for you or like water your your plants or something or tidy something up. Um, And then UPS was just like, they put it down and they just scan it and they just do it normally. Uh, and then FedEx like lobs the box at the door and like kicks it and beats the crap out of it. Um, and um, <laughs> this resonates with me because I don't know what exactly the trash guys down this street do. Now, I've lived in another place in Key West and my bedroom has been in the same location in the sense that my bedroom is at the front of the house. So uh, it's where the street is. Um, and um, in the other place, it was exactly the same location. It never was as loud there as it is here but oh my goodness it sounds like they've got like a troop of people with baseball bats beating the crap out of the trash bag the trash cans they're practicing their stomp routine right literally it's like the cast of stomp doing going down my street the problem is is that their first pass on a tuesday is at 5 30 a.m which is a little earlier than i would ideally like to be waking up um depending on what time i've been to bed um so um the most night most nights i can kind of most mornings i can like drift off again and get another couple of hours but this morning was just one of those where it's like guess I'm awake then <laughs> why don't I get up and do something way to start the day yes yeah, so uh thank so, you city of Key West absolutely <laughs> so uh, yeah so it's like the FedEx trash guys get get a um a lot of like in fact um I was uh messaging another friend uh last night and he was saying oh I hope we get a good night's sleep I was like yeah it's FedEx day tomorrow so I'm hoping that it's not too bad <laughs> like it's like that's actually a term that's used now so um so yeah a little tired but apart from that okay and um interesting that I'm a little tired of what we're going to be talking about today yes your um your general uh being fits very well into the podcast today. it does fit very well into the podcast today. so today we are talking about resilience now resilience is something that has been talked about a lot especially like an increasing um in, increasing frequency i would say over maybe the last five years or so like 
the the amount that that people talk about it is just it's a term that wasn't necessarily used as much and now we're we're finding it being used uh, more frequently i was actually interviewed um about resilience like it was a um i did a an interview for authority magazine a while back and they did a whole bunch like a massive long interview um with all kinds of different questions on resilience which is kind of interesting um because it's obviously a big thing these days so um the key thing is what is resilience like if you had to define resilience, like without obviously knowing our <laughs> definition, like how would you describe it? How would you define it without defining it the way that we define it? <laughs> that. <laughs> well, shit. Um, resilient, I would say, is being able to continuously take an impact over and over again. Yeah, I think that's... Something along yeah. those lines. Oh, or like, and there's an element of, like, uh, resilience being synonymous with strength. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, which, like, you're resilient. Yeah, like, you're strong. Go you're, you. Yeah. Aren't you resilient? Um, and, um, and I don't think that people realize that that's not the compliment that I think it's often intended as. Yeah. Go back and listen to our uh, episode on impact over intention if you don't understand why that's a problem. Um, so... First, first of all, I think before we go, before we get into what resilience is, um, we actually first need to talk about trauma because resilience is directly connected to trauma. And there are um, there are three kinds of, of, of trauma, really. Um, actually, you know what? I think that there are four. I'm creating new content live on the podcast. Great. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it really is great. And I'm glad it's just it's interesting because um, I'm going through and reworking a lot of our slides <laughs> and I literally just got through the trauma section. Oh, really? Yes. So I it's very present and I'm um, like, oh, OK. Okay. okay. <laughs> and it's needed and it whatever you're about to add is going to take it to a different level. But mm-hmm. I, I just need to acknowledge the. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so so there are four times of trauma. Um, and the first is slight trauma. And so this is when uh, one or more of your needs are slightly impacted. So that is slight trauma. It's not a big deal, but they are things that we tend to experience a lot of the time, like in our day-to-day lives. And the reason I wanted to add this, by the way, this is the new bit I'm just adding in right now. Um, The reason I'm wanting to add this in right now is because a lot of the times things that happen to us don't get recognized as traumas Mm -hmm. when they are. And so there are are, um, slight trauma and basically... Any kind of trauma is an impact to one or more of your needs. So a slight trauma is where it slightly impacts one or more of your needs um, in a negative way. That's the first first version. Then you've got severe trauma. So severe trauma is where you have one or more of your needs which gets deeply impacted in a short space of time. Um, so slight trauma is also tends to be in a short space of time as well. So this is where um, we might have a situation that is um, where one, our needs are, uh, are severely impacted momentarily or for a very short period of time, but very quickly after that, that impact stops. So it may be, for example, uh, being in a car accident where there's no serious injury that's incurred from it. But the, 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 the experience of being in the accident itself causes an emotional trauma and maybe even a physical trauma, but it may just be a momentary one. Um, 
So you've got slight trauma, you've got severe trauma, and then you've got sustained trauma. So sustained trauma is trauma that exists over a sustained period of time. So a lot of the time, this is a, a slight trauma that is happening over a long period of time. So this is where um, you have... Um, for example, I'm trying to think of a, a sustained trauma. So, for example, this is weird. This is, I don't know why this one came to mind all of a sudden. Um, but um, I um, remember reading an article about a woman who um, was speaking about the issues with uh, manspreading. So, if you don't know what manspreading is, it's uh, where a lot of the time when on public transport or in public spaces, men tend to sit with their yeah. That, well, their, their arms, but especially their legs, their, their legs. knees spread as far apart as possible. And they often then end up encroaching on the spaces for the, in the people sitting next to them. And what this woman had discovered was that, that, that because she'd been kind of constantly sitting at an angle, because she'd been accommodating these guys who were manspreading, um, what had ended up happening was that over time that it had an impact to her back. She actually ended up with a back injury because she was constantly sitting in an uncomfortable position because she was being compromised in terms of her physical space allowance because of the people sitting next to her. So this is something where each each day it's not necessarily a massive impact, but it happens over an, a longer extended period of time. So this is slight and sustained. It's a small impact that happens over an extended period of time. And this is actually a really good example because over that extended period of time, it actually caused her a severe back issue. Um, but the actual impact on a daily basis wasn't that severe, but it happened over that prolonged period of time. So you've got slight you've got severe you've got slight and sustained which is um a slight um impact but over a sustained period of time um and then the the fourth type is severe and sustained so this is where you have a what you made it five no i didn't i made it four slight, slight severe yeah, slight and slight and sustained severe and sustained it can't count <laughs> wow at one point, I thought it was going to be five as well. And then I realized, hold on a second. No, slight and sustained is one and severe and sustained is another. If you watch on the video, you notice I'll be, I'm drinking seltzer today and not coffee. I don't know if I made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> You'll also note that we're both counting on our fingers. Like, like, it's like, how many do we have? No, four. four. There's definitely four of them. <laughs> It's it's a good day today. I mean, I said I've already I've already owned. I'm a little tired today, so um, I'll own it right now. Yeah, too. yeah. Low ebb. Which is okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're, we're still okay. I feel like at this episode in the game, this is, you've kind of signed up for this. this like, is, yeah. you, you can't be you know, shocked. You know what you're signing up for when you're listening to the two of us and how this could go down. So, the fourth one, not the fifth one. We don't have a fifth one yet. Who knows? You never know what will happen in the future. I'm not, By the I end of the episode. I'm not trying to put that into the universe right now. So the fourth one is severe and sustained. So this is where the the impact is severe, but it happens over a sustained period of time as well. So these are things like if you imagine like um, like a domestic abuse situation where there's like physical abuse. It's, so it's severely impacting needs, but it's happening, excuse me, over a prolonged period of time. So we've got one of these four. We've either got slight, we've got severe, we've got slight and sustained, and we've got severe and sustained. So these are the things is that it's re it's important to recognize that any kind of trauma, whether it is big or small, slight, severe, sustained or non-sustained, 
impacts your needs and it is the impact to your needs which is the trauma that we experience so the trauma is the fact that our needs are negatively experienced and sometimes this could be a physical trauma so that might impact our foundation function need it might be an emotional trauma so it might impact our security need or our value need or emotional experience expression need there's all these different ways but the reality is is that it's the um it's the impact to our needs it's the negative impact to our needs which is what a trauma is so why are we talking about trauma when we talk about resilience? Well, you see, because trauma is the extent to which our needs are negatively impacted in a given situation, resilience is the speed and effectiveness at which you can recover your needs to the point they were at before they were impacted. So let's just look at it on a, like, like physically, like, let's look at it um, um, as an example. So say your needs were here. If you're watching on the video, great. If you're watching on the audio, imagine my hand floating in the air. And if you're watching on the audio, audio good for you I mean let us know how you're doing that (laughs) so let's imagine your needs were here to begin with and then you experienced the trauma your needs dropped down to here and when your needs drop down to here resilience is the speed and effectiveness at which you can get back up to the same point that you were at before the trauma happened so it may just be as I said that we're experiencing a slight trauma it may be um that um, I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to think of a slight trauma now. Like if you roll, if you step wrong and you have like a eh to your ankle. Yeah, a little tweak to your ankle. A little tweak. It doesn't. Or, it doesn't debilitate you, but you're like, oh. That's- or, or if somebody opens a cupboard and it actually ba- accidentally bashes your knee or something, like that's a trauma. It's negatively impacted your needs in that moment, but it's probably slight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may be that this is just a small thing, and all we've got to do for the resilience is we've got to do what we need to do to physically hear what's going on it may be that there isn't a huge emotional impact to the situation that's happened that actually it's just a small physical thing and it's going to take a little um it may take 24 hours for it to heal for example that is the resilience is the speed and effectiveness and so what are the things that we could do in that situation to increase our resilience to increase the speed and effectiveness at which we can recover so it might be that we rest the thing that's been injured it may be that we um uh, take supplements like arnica or we, we put something on the body that's going to help it into terms of the healing process and support it by giving it what it needs these are the things that we can do to improve our resilience in that situation so i'm um, at one point it sounded like you were about to jump in yeah um what came to me when we were talking about the um slight trauma mm-hmm. subtle trauma slight trauma slight okay learning yeah. new content with all of you guys <laughs> uh, all everybody out there um i think one that we kind of i mean uh-uh. I think. No. You're right. We created five. There's five. Well, I knew it. I knew it. I think that, (laughs) I think that when we need to, we need to look at it. Well, actually, six. Somebody stop her. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, okay. No. Because the thing about it is, is that when we're looking at the impact to needs, you you don't have slight and severe. There's something in the middle. So I think Mm. you have slight, significant and severe. Mm. So like we need to look at those three levels in terms of the extent to which they're um, they're happening. And then obviously we have each of those combined with whether it's sustained or not. So you have uh, slight, which is a very small, very slight impact to our needs. Significant, which is where, okay, it has had a significant impact but it's not quite severe severe is where we've severely been impacted and then 
each of those has got a, a sustained option where it's like, okay, we it's it's only slight, but it's been s- sustained over a period of time. So it's going to have a bigger impact on us than it is if it's only slight for a moment. Significant over a sustained period of time is going to obviously have more of an impact and severe over an extended period of time is also going to have an even greater significant impact even greater yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, d- I don't like using words that I've used within the example <laughs> um, but I think that yeah I think that um, as, as you're speaking I'm, I'm suddenly realizing and this is the thing this is how this works with the universal mm-hmm. needs stuff we are developing new content all the time I'll look at something and I'm like that's not the whole story because um, I looked at it before and I was looking at the what I've got on the screen in front of me and I'm like it's not only trauma is not only severe like sometimes it can be slight sometimes it can be significant sometimes it can be severe and then you've got the options over a period of time as well so yes thank you for saying that because you made me realize that we had missed one in the middle (laughs) and you're right we didn't get five we got six (laughs) well now I can stop trying to figure out how to make four on my figure fingers (laughs) we've moved well well past so you can borrow it here you go you can use my hand to help you Get your counting fingers out of here. <laughs> um, you were saying about slights. Well, I actually, as you've talked, I realized that this something that can start as a slight trauma can then become more of a what was significant the, significant trauma that can become more of a sustained trauma that can then actually Good sometimes severe. lead to a yeah. severe trauma. And one of those um, examples is emotional trauma yeah and it's like you take you might have a slight impact if somebody's like oh i your outfit's ugly Mm -hmm. slight impact still makes you feel like oh in that one moment. in that one moment yeah but if that was to happen to me i'd be like oh Oh, well, that kind of stuff. I liked my outfit. I like my outfit and rebuild my, you know. Mm-hmm. I, you very quickly will be able to recover the needs impacted by that moment. And if you have a sub, uh, slight, what's the next one? Significant. Significant. Sorry, she normally has this on, on the screen in front of her, but because I've just created it, she doesn't. <laughs> like, so oh that's the reason she's like, what it's is it again? Literally <laughs> new content to me. Um, significant. If you're getting that, like, multiple times a day or even like a multiple times a week or a multiple multiple times a month it becomes from the same person it becomes so here's the thing so um so what you're basically saying is because what you're talking about there is slight and sustained because mm-hmm. it's slight over a, you're, it's happening frequently over a long period of time and serena is right that when it's a, when it initially it's a slight um impact that's sustained but because of the sustained nature on it, it's eroding the needs to the impact that then that there's going to come a point where actually the individual instance becomes more significant. It mm-hmm. becomes a significant trauma. Same thing, but because it's landing, and I think that um, especially if you don't mind me kind of picking oh, yeah, up right yeah. now, um, like it's it's something that's very important for us to realize in the context of privilege and especially in t- the context of systemic oppression, that where we're experiencing the, the same thing over and over and over and over again, the impact doesn't just land on, it's, it's not like it's, oh, this one individual instance. Um, people often talk about quote unquote microaggressions. Well, the reality is they're only micro to the person who it doesn't impact. They impact, they are aggressions to the person who has been impacted by them. And the way I often describe microaggressions, and I'm like microaggressions, she says, using your inverted commas, is that if you imagine them like paper cuts, like every single one of them is an individual paper. Now, if you imagine a, a paper cut, like, like a lot of the time, you might not even notice when it happens, but maybe afterwards you go, oh, what, what the hell, 
was that? Ow, that hurts. Like, what did I do? Like, what, what, how did I do that? And you have to sometimes think back and figure out what it was. Now, if you have just a one-off paper cut, and this is the, 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 um, when, the, when those of us who have privilege, where we don't have this kind of systemic oppression kind of hitting us all the time, we get a one-off paper cut and it's like, ooh, that smarts a little bit. Okay, all right, well, shake your hand, like, shake it off. Uh, I'm sure it'll heal fine. Um, and normally we don't really think about it too much. Maybe it bothers us for 24 hours um, and then all of a sudden it heals and we forget it even happened. But the reality is, is that for people who have systemic, uh, who are experiencing systemic marginalization, who are systemically oppressed, is that they're getting these things happening to them constantly. So they're literally, that every single one of these is a paper cut, but our entire bodies are covered um, for those of us without systemic privilege. So for us as women, but also when you look at uh, uh people, so uh, black, brown, uh, melanated, indigenous people, that was a term that was coined by According to Weeds. Or you look at people who are disabled, or you look at people who are members of the LGBTQIA, uh, AI, QIA plus community. Uh, you look at people who are um, who are fat or overweight by society standard. You look at people who are um, poor, or like they don't have class privilege. Um, there's a whole bunch of these things. And especially when people sit at the intersections of multiple of those, is that they're experiencing these um, these uh, aggressions all the time, and every single one of those is a paper cut. And so the problem is, is that the paper cuts aren't landing on healed like skin; they are landing on other paper cuts. And sometimes these paper cuts have been going on for generations, and there's no space and time to recover and heal these paper cuts. So some of them get infected. Some of them have got paper cut and paper cut, paper cut on, on top of paper cut. That's really difficult to say really fast. Um, and then what ends up happening is that this paper cut lands on like an infection, and there's this, there's this reaction to it which is natural because of what that person is experiencing in terms of the trauma that they're experiencing and the impact to their to their system. And someone says, oh, you're overreacting and it's, it's something small. Well, actually one, it's not something small to begin with because the existence of the paper cut is an issue when you're somebody who is oppressed because you're constantly experiencing them all the time. It's like this, this the onslaught of them. But also it's like it, recognizing what that sits on top of and the layers and layers that it sits on top of. That means that it's not just, it wouldn't, you don't experience it the way you experience a paper cut on like fresh skin. It, it, the um, extent to which it is um, impacted and the, the, how, the, how sensitive the skin is, the level of pain is entirely different. And this is one of the things is that when you have this sort of that, and that's, it, it's, a, it's a good example of something that would be perceived as a slight trauma said only to those who have privilege because you don't realize the impact of them and you're not experiencing them all the time. But actual fact over a sustained period of time, when that sustained has been for generations, initially it might have seemed slight and sustained and then it's going to hit, but the same thing will be significant and sustained and then it's going to get to the point that it's severe and sustained because that sustainedness of the impact is actually increasing the type of trauma that we are experiencing as a result of it. Does that adequately cover what you're talking about? Yep. I'd, I'd redecorate it. Do you like it? <laughs> Sorry? Sort of redecorated in there. Do you like it? Oh. <laughs> She's talking about me being inside her head. Yes. That's it's pretty. I know. Can I bring my, like, can I bring some decorations? Sure. Right, set up, like, do you? String up some fairy lights. Ooh. It's fun. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I'm I'm glad that we were on the same wave. Like, yeah, as far no, as that's, that's actually a really. I mean, that that's a better example than what I was gonna give because it does it it brings into the fact that where you sit in your privilege, mm -hmm. like your perception of trauma, 
may not be this like you it's what, not the reality it's not the reality and yeah. that's one thing that i think we do as a society often is judge what we think is trauma right for other people like you're not traumatized this doesn't this doesn't impact you like that like you don't you know. don't you don't know and you don't get to decide how yes. something impacts somebody or in most of the time you don't know that you don't know the story mm-hmm. you don't know their life experience you don't yeah. know their ancestry experience when we're talking about you know like the marginalization Genera- of the, yeah, generational trauma yeah and that that gets mm-hmm. passed and generational oppression mm-hmm. it gets passed along yeah and you you already carry start, it with them. Yeah. If you're already starting with sensitive skin, if you were born... Well, not even that. You're, it's not even sensitive skin. You're starting with, with a skin that's covered, covered in paper cuts already before you've even started. Like, you start covered in paper cuts. And then you're in a, 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 a world where you get fresh paper cuts daily mm-hmm. hourly sometimes by the minute like i was i was watching a i was watching a new um a tv show random uh, i was like watching a new tv show i had something on in the background while i was working um and it was a new show that's on netflix and it was um hosted by a comedian and we talk about um not using the c word i will use it once uh, i apologize for um the use of this it's just for qualification so people under clarif- clarification so people know which uh, one i'm referring to i will put the podcast episode underneath this that is the c word episode so you can go back and listen to why that is so problematic and how you can go about starting to change that and the c word i'm um, referring to is crazy it's a it's a mental health slur and I was so offended by how many times that one word or a variation was used within like the first five minutes of it. I was like, oh my goodness, how many times are you going to use this word? And it's lazy language use as we talk about in that episode. It's not what they meant, um, but that was the word that they used. When you think about, um, when you go back to, um, you look at certain uh, sitcoms, for example, and how, um, for example, they had the thing around uh, Monica being fat in Friends. And that was always a punchline. And it's like, if you're somebody who identifies as fat or is, is heavier than the the whatever the the typical norm is in our culture that that that's something it's likely to impact you and the thing about it is a little bit like the paper cuts you may not even realize at the time it may be a little bit later it's like so it's bothering me I don't even know why like um and same thing when you see um as a as a woman if you hear quote unquote sexist jokes being told like every single one of them is like oh ha 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 like and it's like no that's not funny and it doesn't land well in my system because I know what that really means like the fact that you think that's funny means you don't one you don't understand what jokes are and humor is um but two you also don't see me and value me and respect me enough to not pile on to the already already present systemic oppression of women um so and obviously that is then amplified when you have somebody who is a trans woman or a trans woman who is um uh, also a disabled for example like when you start adding these together it gets compounded so i think it's really important for us to understand what trauma is in order to understand what resilience is and so as i said the thing about it is is that resilience is the speed and effectiveness at which you can recover your needs to the point at which they're at before they're impacted so here's the thing let's go and continue on this kind of thread in terms of the privilege stuff one your privilege keeps you from being impacted it protects you from trauma because not all trauma let's let's be be 
be clear here, it's not that it protects you from all trauma, it protects you from the specific kinds of trauma that marginalized people consistently experience. You don't have to deal with that trauma, which means that automatically your life is easier than somebody who has systemic oppression. But more than that, because your needs aren't being consistently impacted, the speed at which and the resources that you have to recover your needs when you are impacted is massively greater than somebody who is experiencing systemic oppression. So this is another area in which our privilege actually benefits us without us necessarily knowing it because we don't see how much somebody gets impacted. We don't, especially, I mean, even if we go looking for it, we're not going to see all of the instances because there are so many of them. You couldn't possibly see them all, notice them all um, because they're things that are sitting in our blind spot that we have to learn to go and look for. We don't know are there because of how we've been uh, of how we've been conditioned as we've as we've grown up. So the thing about it is, is that resilience is easier for those of us who have systemic privilege. Even where we do hold privilege, even though we can still experience trauma, it's going to be easier for us to recover those needs because we're not also dealing with all of these other impacts to our needs, all these other traumas that are happening just as part of our day-to-day experience. So in order to increase our resilience, what we need to do is, one, better understand what our needs are, We need to, two, understand how to meet them and the ways that specifically work for us to meet them and then actually do it. So that's the thing that increases resilience. The interesting thing is, is that um, when we are experiencing, um, when we're experiencing any kind of trauma, being able to look through and go, even if it's a slight trauma, being like, okay, it's this need, this need. Okay, what can I do to meet this need? What can I do to meet that need? Sometimes that's all it takes. Like you can literally, those slight traumas, you can recover your needs literally within seconds just by being aware of, okay, it's this need. Okay, I can do that to meet that need. This need, I'm going to do that to meet that need. Okay, all right, I'm good. So now I can move on. So it's so important for you to understand your needs and understand the ways of meeting them work for you because we are all unique. There are different things that are going to meet my needs better than there are things that would meet Serena's needs. So the things that Serena would need when she's at low um, impact because she's experienced a a kind of trauma or just simply that because of... um, um, life. Life life impacts our needs. Life is one of those things that over time, it ha- like it ha- things happen and our needs will get impacted. Unless we're putting energy back into meeting those needs again, eventually we're going to get to the point where our needs are negatively impacted to the extent where we are really feeling it. And resilience is, the, is, the, is the, the, again, the speed and effectiveness at which we can rebuild our needs and meet those needs again. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, well, I suppose actually all of those things that impact our needs are traumas. Like life is all of those things, those slight things that are happening. Life can be a trauma. Life is traumatic. Like, Like, and that it, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to get read comfortable and I realize all of the extra noises that came along (laughs) with that. Yeah, life can be traumatic. Like being being a child, but being an adult, like there's a, there's, it's a lot. And because we're talking about slight, significant and severe trauma, we don't have to be talking about severe trauma to be talking about, okay, my needs have been impacted. I've experienced a slight trauma. The resilience is the speed at which I can recover that. So by knowing here are my needs and knowing here are the things I can do for each of those needs, which means that when these needs are impacted, even if it's only slight or even if it's significant or even if it's severe, here are the things, okay, I need to put a little bit more into those needs if um, the impact was severe rather than, it was, it was a severe trauma rather than a significant or a slight one. Um, and so 
but by knowing that and knowing the things that are going to work specifically for me, I can be like, okay, so I had this big hit and it's happened. I mean, there's been several times in the last year where I've had a significant or severe trauma where there's been this massive, almost like body blow to my needs. And like Serena's been with me and witnessed me going through it and being like, okay. And I'm like, okay, where are we at? What what need what needs have been impacted? What needs are the priority for me to meet first? Let's take care of those first. And then, okay, I can work through the others. And that's the reason that I recover quicker from these impact, impacts than most people do. And you, you, I mean, Serena's exactly the same. I've seen her do it with this over and over again with different situations. One that really just kind of comes to me is... I think that there could I, I could have been defined at one point as somebody who had road rage. Like Okay, really? I mm-hmm. I'm part of where I lived, it's like we've talked about the mm-hmm. the kind of asshole badge of honor honor, but it was like yep. nope, this this is how we do it here. We we get riled up and it was all internal in the car. Sorry to all the people who have been witness to like been the passenger in mm-hmm. my little outburst. Well, and even people outside who could see, see what, what was going on or somebody outside who could feel the energy of what's going on. I mean, that would have still impacted. Definitely. And um, what kind of came to my mind is since I've started doing the work of the universal needs, I we are in a place traffic is horrible horrible here at times and it's not just traffic it's how people interact on the roads here like we are a tourist town which means and you get a lot of tourists and even tourists and locals Mm -hmm. will just pull out in front of you like they will cross they will um they will uh, pull out in a car they'll pull out in bikes they'll pull out in scooters um We've been in the car together when someone's literally just reversed into the middle of the road in a scooter mm-hmm. right in front of the car. And this is not like a, oh yeah, that's annoying. This happens all the time down here. And I'm not using that. That's not an exaggeration. No, it's all the time. I swear people come here to cheat death at some points because it's like how... I always describe it as the island of lemmings. Like, <laughs> like that's how it feels. Like there's these like little lemmings that are just going to walk out in the middle of the road. Yeah. I'm just, and actually what it is really more often than not, it's an island of entitlement mm. where people feel entitled to do whatever they want to do and expect the world around them to stop and make space for them and not smash into them. Because I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. We're going to actually do an episode on Yes. That very topic. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But specifically, you were talking about like how bad the traffic is down here. Yes. And I am a much calmer driver now. I Mm -hmm. don't have the reactions that I used to. And it's, I don't think I ever really thought about it until this point. It's like, because if somebody comes, if I'm driving and somebody either cuts in front of me or almost comes into my lane, like not paying attention to what they're doing, doesn't see me, whatever the reason may be, that's a traumatic impact. Whether or mm-hmm. not it's me thinking, oh, I'm about to... And it's, it's it, most of those are slight yes. impacts. Yes. Yeah. And even the slightness, I would hold on to. I'd be like, oh, that just scared the shit out of me. And mm-hmm. like... A lot of the time, like even just like security need of like, oh God, I might get into a, like, I may crash. Like that is going to impact, like just to give an example of what Serena's talking about, about 
She's like, I can imagine people listening going, what do you mean someone pulling out of you? That's a trauma. And it's like, it's a slight trauma because that is said, the, the fear of the, the realization of the possibility you could be in a car accident, that's going to impact you. It might be momentary, it mm-hmm. might be slight, but it's going to have an impact. And or that's the, one of the examples. The, of the biker that. coming out in yeah. front of you. If you almost hit that person, regardless of whose fault it is, yes, that, that impacts you. You yeah. have a physical, emotional, like, Oh shit, I almost killed you. Right. Yeah. And that is a slight trauma. Like mm-hmm. that is something that because it negatively impacts a number of different needs because emotional experience expression. I don't want to I I don't want to do harm to another human being. Security, like in a car accident. Like that I mean there's a number of different needs that get impacted in that sort of situation, but I'm just wanting to I'm just want to expand a little bit from a needs context so you understand exactly I can, as I said, I can see, hear, me, hear people listening at home going, well, not a trauma, what are you talking about? But from a needs perspective, when you put this needs lens on it and you say, actually, let's look at how are the needs, if the needs are being negatively impacted, that's a trauma. It might only be a slight trauma. It might only be momentary, but be, let's look at what needs are being impacted and here are the, some of the needs that could be impacted in that situation. I can only imagine the energy that came off of me. Never mind if anybody ever heard me, because I would go off. I mean, we've talked about my choice in language sometimes. Can you imagine without any cognizance of anything? Like, Mm -hmm. if I almost hit a biker and it was their fault because they pulled in front of me, I believe that the previous version of myself would have probably flipped out on yeah. that biker, whether it was face to face, through mm-hmm. the like window, however it was, I I can't imagine myself having reacted to that thinking of interconnectedness oh, and no. like the fact that that was a trauma to me and that impacted my needs and they almost died too. So that mm-hmm. must have impacted them. Right. Where now it's something like that happens and I'm like, I hope they're safer the next time if there's almost an accident instead of coming to the point where I'm like roar all these needs bubbling up I'm like okay wow more importantly the roar coming from From the unmet unmet needs needs that have been impacted by that situation yes and it's like in that moment it's like okay all right that was really scary but nothing happened okay I'm good I check in what do I need meet it right away hey are you okay too like Mm -hmm. and it really has just changed and there are days that it still gets to me and I don't react in the way that I want to all the time because I'm human. Well, and it also depends on the number of times it happens. Like that first yes. time you've got one one little impact and okay, you can deal with that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remember there was one time when um, when you you were meeting me for brunch yep. and you, like Serena was physically shaking by the time she got to me because there were so many people who like pulled out on bikes. Like she'd she'd nearly had so many accidents and she's a good driver. Serena's a very Thank you. Oh, you are. You're, I mean like you're very mindful, you're very like you're a you're a conscious driver. And so I know the fact that she nearly had multiple accidents was not because she was being careless on the roads, not because she wasn't paying attention or she was just being uh, reckless. It was because multiple people had like pulled out in front of her. And I remember that, that extent. And it was like, and you were pretty frustrated by the Mm -hmm. time she got to me. Oh yeah, I was, I blood pressure up. I was frustrated. I was scared. Upset, Upset. I was, I had been repeatedly in slight traumas, but that compounded. I, I was literally just like, 
And it was sustained over a short period of time. Obviously, it's not, we're talking, that's not a sustained over years, right. but it was repeatedly happening over a period of time. Where so I that, couldn't get resource at all. Yes. It just, it's you like couldn't even, recover from one before the next one came. And that's what it, and I might acknowledge the first one or like actually go through the process. And because we do it all the time, it's usually really quick. And especially yes. with a slight trauma, it's like, okay, what do I, yep, done. And yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's the matter of a second. It just happens quickly. And it's mm-hmm. like, the first one, I may have been able to do that. The second one, I didn't have quite enough time, but I was able to acknowledge it. And the third time, and it's like my resource and my resilience to be able to do it depleted mm-hmm. each time. Yeah. So by the time I got to Claire, I was just like, oh, I need something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I think it was only 11 o'clock in the morning. Otherwise, yeah. I probably would have bought you a shot. And obviously, <laughs> you were driving at the time. So that wouldn't have been smart either. But like, it was just that it, remi- it reminded me of, um, and it was interesting how um, there's a similar kind of, it's interesting that we were talking about the car analogy. Um, I remember many, many years ago, I was, um, I was out for um, the night with a group of friends of mine we gone to a nightclub and I was very often the designated driver because I'm somebody, I don't really care if I drink. I'm happy to drink. I'm also happy not to drink. I will have just as much fun. I don't need a drink to get on the dance floor. Anyone who knows me knows that. Um, <laughs> you don't need a dance floor to get on the dance right, floor. Right, <laughs> exactly. It's like I will, I, and I will have just as much fun whether I'm sober or whether I'm drinking. So it doesn't really matter to me. So quite often I would act as designated driver. So the club that we were in, um, it finished it closed at three I think and then I went basically doing the rounds dropping everybody home Um, and so I think it was probably near about near enough 4am by the time this happened and I was actually on the on the road on my way to my at the time boyfriend's house and um, the I was on the um, the motorway in the UK which is sort of the equivalent of the freeway over here so it was a fast um, fast road with multiple lanes on it and as I was coming up, I was coming to overtake. There was a car in the middle lane. There was a three, it was a three lane highway. There was a car in the middle lane and we were driving over a bridge that goes over a body of water. It, was a, uh, it goes over the River Medway, actually, I believe. And as I was coming up behind, so th- this car was going pretty slow. It was probably doing maybe 45 miles an hour. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, at that time of night, I was, I'm also aware that I, I don't want to be speeding because I'm tired. So I was, um, I was probably doing 70. Um, and as I'm coming up and just as I come up behind this car, the person who was in this car, I'm guessing fell asleep at the wheel because what ended up happening was the car drifted into my lane and I was obviously going significantly faster than this car was. And I just saw this car coming up on me and I hit my brakes. I hit the horn at the same time, which obviously must have woken this person up and they swerved back into their lane again. But I lost the back of the car momentarily and I'm traveling sideways across this bridge, looking out over the bridge and seeing the river. And I'm thinking, shit, at this rate, I could end up in the river. Um, Luckily, I managed to correct the slide, uh, correct the skid and, and kind of carried on. And I... They, they'd kind of gone at this point and I at that point I was then going like 40 miles an hour I'm like this like, like hands shaking <laughs> on the way on the way back and I remember I got into um my at the time uh, boyfriend's house um and I told him what happened and I just sort of collapsed in the sofa in tears and the shock hit me at that point and this is the thing is that it was a near miss I didn't have an accident 
but there was a trauma associated to that that impacted multiple of my needs in that one moment so I got in and that's when the the the, the adrenaline kind of wore off because I, I I got to the point where I was safe and I remember it was the first time ever um, somebody gave me a brandy now I can't stand brandy he gave me a brandy and it went down in one and I barely noticed it and he was like uh, another and I'm like uh-huh and I, I was just because at that point it was just I was after something to take the edge off how I was feeling because I was so shaken up by it but that's another example where compared to the this, the examples that Serena's talking about that was not a slight trauma it was in a short period of time but that was a more significant or more severe trauma so for example that that might have been for example, a significant trauma, a severe trauma might have been if I'd seen a multiple car pileup happening in front of me and I was the first car that didn't get involved in it. Um, so it's not something that I'd, I don't have this injury that's going to get carried on forward with me. But in that moment, it was significant because it looks like that's where I'm heading next. Um, so this is why it's so important to understand that these traumas and how we react to them and how we can recover from them and how quickly and effectively we can recover for them means that it affects our what is that noise the trucks outside oh okay i'm like i'm like i thought it was like a momentary thing i thought it was like a plane going over apparently not it's it it sounds like there's a generator under us yeah i'm like like, what's going on just waiting for it's like (laughs) there to be a pop or something yeah um and so this is the thing is that we want to be aware of like uh the level at which our, our needs are met equates to the level of resource that we have so our resilience is also the 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 speed at which we can recover our internal resource and when we have that trauma our resource gets impacted that period in time as well so it's like how do we then understand which needs are getting impacted how do we meet those needs in order to then heal from that experience and and have that resilience of recovering back to that point so the thing about it is is understanding that sometimes with severe and sustained trauma especially with sustained traumas, quite often it will require sustained meeting of needs in order to recover that because the impact to our system is more significant and it's going to take more to heal from that than it would do for if something was just from a, a momentary uh, a, a momentary moment in time as opposed to some other kind of moment in time. <laughs> um, so, for example, like I, when I... Um, uh, you may well have... Uh, I don't know whether I've actually talked about it on the podcast before, but um, last year I actually broke my back. I fell down the stairs and, uh, and broke my spine, fractured one of the vertebrae in my spine. Um, that was one of those situations where it was a severe trauma in the moment because I didn't know... I, I seriously thought maybe I'm not going to be able to walk maybe I won't be able to dance again in that moment and the the level of pain I was dealing with the fact that I was on my own locked in a house that had to break in to get into me um I didn't know if anybody knew where I was uh I mean obviously somebody knew where I was but if getting an ambulance to me all of those sorts of things that was a severe trauma in that moment now there was a severe there was a sustained element to that but the sustained trauma was probably a significant one it wasn't a severe one because the yeah I had a sustained injury that injury that I experienced was of a sustained nature it took several it took a, a several months in order for me to recover from it and heal from it but it wasn't severe in nature in the sense that it would there, there were there were far more severe injuries that I could have had that would have taken that period of time. So it's like sometimes these different traumas, you can have the same exact incident that creates different types of traumas when we look at the different layers on it and the different needs that have been impacted. So one of the things that is also important to talk about when it comes to resilience is that resilience is often worn as a badge of honor. 
it's almost marketed as a badge mm-hmm. of honor these days. Yeah, like it's like, yeah, you're so resilient. Like this is an amazing thing. And it's like, we and we talked about it, like, go you, you're so resilient. Um, and a lot of people take that, oh, you're so resilient because resilience is seen as a good quality. They see, people see it as something that is desirable. And when you think about it in that, in those terms, because it's something that is seen as desirable, it's something we're being acknowledged for. One, it's going to meet your acknowledgement need. But two, a lot of people take it as a way of meeting their value need. It's like, oh, look at me. Uh, look how um, special I am or look how strong I am and how valuable I am as a person because I've got this resilience. But the thing about it is, if you're very resilient, there's only one reason you're very resilient. And that's because you've experienced a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason that you've needed to build that ability to have that recovery from trauma is if you've experienced a trauma. So resilience is a necessary tool. It is a part of our healing, but it is not a way that we want to try to get our value need met because it requires trauma to be present or past in order for us to be engaging with it. So we don't want resilience to be the way that we're getting our value need met. All we want resilience to be is a tool that we are using that when we've experienced trauma to recover those needs that have been impacted during those traumatic moments and situations. Yeah, it's very often that we hear it phrased as look at everything you've been through when talking to about resilience. Mm -hmm. And that's, like you said, it's... Those things are all traumas. Look look at how many times you've been traumatized and you're still here. Like, would you actually say that to somebody? Right. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. And it's like, look, like it's almost like, oh, look at how strong you are. Look at how special you are. Look at how amazing you are because you're so resilient. And it's like, no, you're a survivor. Mm -hmm. Like that's an indicator of the fact that you are a survivor and that you have recovered from all of these impacts and all of these traumas, most of which had nothing to do with you. Most of which were not things that you went out and created. These are things that have happened to you in life. Sometimes it's, it's not even look at what you've, where you've been. It's like, look at how you're coping currently. Like you could still be in the midst of the trauma and just... The coping, like there's resilience in that, but it's not something to be. Yeah, coping is basically basically ensuring that your needs aren't going to be further compromised. It's like this holding pattern often, which is like it's not recovering from the needs and getting to the other side. Or sometimes it can be because you're in this sustained trauma where it's like, oh, this thing that keeps happening. It's like, okay, how can I how can I ensure that I'm I'm not being I'm not being sunk by this? That my needs are not being on this kind of downward spiral that are constantly going to be unmet. I'm just in this holding pattern of being able to not recover from the not recover my that have been traumatized have been impacted by the trauma but also not have them being worse worsened by the trauma so it's like a how do I stay in the middle and not not heal but also not get worse off as a result of it um, and something that sometimes like coping maybe in that cycle of okay uh, my needs have been negatively impacted I'm going to recover those needs but actually and then going to be negatively impacted again so I'm going to recover those needs so I'm going to be negatively impacted again so like sometimes that can be it where it's not something that you have the ability to change I mean I know that one of the great examples from recent history was um, all of the lockdowns that everyone experienced with COVID um, it's like the, that trauma of having your um, having personal power taken away having your 
social connections taken away, having the ability to kind of touch and, and, and spend time with people taken away, having the ability to do a lot of things that maybe maybe kept you fit or maybe met your other needs, like your value, all kinds of other needs that required us to be out and about, out and about in the world rather than stuck in our homes. Like sometimes, like a lot of the time I was in, I was in a coping pattern when it came to that. I wasn't in that, yay, I'm thriving because I've met all the needs. So I'm back where I was at before COVID happened. It's like, no, I'm, yeah, my needs are being impacted and I'm meeting them and they're being impacted and I'm meeting them and I'm being impacted and I'm meeting them. So like that often that coping cycle is just, just how do I maintain, how do I sustain where I'm at without it getting worse, even though I'm still in that, the, the um, experience of a sustained trauma of some description. And if you think of like, I know I can relate to that. And like you said, you, you've been in that type of situation where you're just kind of coping. Mm-hmm. When somebody is like, oh, look at how resilient you are getting through it. It's like, you have no fucking idea what I'm doing to keep my head above water right now. Absolutely. Like, and sometimes... And what I'm experiencing. That- like, like it, it's not only what am I doing to keep my head above water, but the constant impacts I'm still taking. Mm-hmm. And that's like, and sometimes it, it almost adds like that comment can be an additional hit like it can mm-hmm. have a negative impact just being like it's like I'm glad well, that I'm it's almost like I'm, I'm glad that you're seeing this as a positive because I'm masking it well enough like no and that, but you're absolutely right that's 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 another hit because one of the needs is our acknowledgement need and that is about being truly seen and being understood and if someone's someone's going yay you aren't you awesome look at you go blah 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 while you're like in the face of like, imagine how it would be if somebody is like trying to, I'm just, I, I don't know why this weird like image in my head, um, that they're, they're, they're trying to run down a street and there's all these other people down the street who are like like tripping them and pulling them back and everything. And somebody's there at the end going, yay, you, aren't you doing awesome? Without acknowledging, oh my God, what's happening to this person? Like, how can we help them? How can we stop this stuff from happening to them? Or how can we at least acknowledge, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry for everything you're going through right now. Even that, um, and it's a weird example and not necessarily the best example of that necessarily, but even that, like it's going to impact your acknowledgement needs because you're not going to be seen. And you're not being recognized and understood for what you're going through. And I, I know that's one of the things that often can be true of people who um, are kind of quote unquote positive people or happy people. And people are like, oh my goodness, I didn't know what they were going through because they're, they're good at masking it. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, the thing that they probably need more than anything is to be seen and to be, uh, to recognize, oh my goodness. I'm so sorry you're going through this thing. And that, and that, oh my God, you're so amazing. Like, look, aren't you so great? Look at what you're doing and everything. And and actually they're going, oh God, no, I'm not. I'm barely holding it together right now. And the fact that you can't see that makes me feel less heard, makes me feel less understood. And yes, we, as we always say, it is our responsibility first and foremost to meet our, first and foremost to meet our needs. And if you're somebody who is in those, you're in that space of meeting your needs consistently, and somebody else comes along and doesn't recognise you, you can be like, okay, well, either I'm I've got other people I know who will recognise me, I'm going to recognise myself. And be like, you are going through so much right now. I, like, like it's like 
I don't know how you're coping right now, quite frankly, um, because I can see everything that you're going through. You can do that for yourself. But most people aren't in that space. Most people aren't meeting their needs effectively. Most people don't even know what their needs are, Mm -hmm. much less how to meet them and the ways that are going to work for them specifically, much less have a practice of doing so. So most people aren't in that space of having their needs well met. And then when you then have somebody else comes along who like sees something, it's like, oh my goodness, look at the silver lining because of this, this and this. And it's like, no, let's look at the freaking black cloud because the black cloud is the thing that's causing me issue right now. The silver lining does me no good right now. I need you to acknowledge the fact there's a black cloud over my head at this particular moment in time. Well, and to kind of reference back to... So, I mean, by the way, I'm so sorry about the sounds. I've got no idea. There's obviously some work being done on the road outside. So apologies for the, the weird rumblings we have going on. Like, Yell outside, we're filming a podcast. Yes. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it lunchtime? Yes. Take a break. Are you related <laughs> to the FedEx trash men by any, <laughs> by any, uh, by any chance? Sorry, you were saying. Um, in reference to, you know, we're talking about the paper cut situation and I feel like that is a great analogy, especially for the marginalized, like for marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. I sometimes feel the compliment on resilience and especially in those situations mm. is you have this person who has these paper cuts all over them and they're contis- consistently getting, experiencing, them more. Expe- experiencing mm. more. And you're over here with an origami flower trying to be positive, waving it about cutting them even further giving more, yeah, paper, more paper cuts, cuts. and yeah. it's like but it's it's a flower for you and it's like but you're aren't, aren't cutting you me aren't you it. amazing and it's like actually let's acknowledge what is happening and let's be a part of trying to change, change that it. because it's like if you're going yay you want you doing amazing but you're not being a part of the change that is required to the system to stop these impacts from happening then it's like i don't want to be considered strong i don't want to be looked at as resilient i want to not be experiencing the trauma that means I have to be resilient because resilience is the only way I get to navigate through life it's the only thing that will mean that no idea what's going on outside (laughs) apologies they they, they better be cutting down a palm tree or something because that just sounds like unnecessary noise it does (laughs) like what are you doing right now Um, but yeah, I think it's like, I don't want to be considered strong. I don't want to be, that. that's not a good thing. I don't want to be, I like, stop. Stop seeing me as strong and start seeing me as somebody who has been consistently impacted by all of these things and start being a part of trying to change things so I don't have to be strong anymore because I shouldn't have to be. That's not something that anybody should be experiencing. Stop focusing on the fact that I'm able to cope with or heal my traumas and start focusing on the fact that the there is trauma. And that actually, chances are you're probably complicit in the system that is creating those traumas. So you really want to be, you really want to support somebody. Stop focusing on how they, that how great they're doing at navigating all these traumas and start recognizing where you are a part in those traumas, where you're contributing to them, where you're complicit in them, where you may be doing, where you may be inflicting them without knowing out, without intending to go back and look at Impact Over Intention, the uh, podcast, um, and and then be a part of actually trying to change the system so that they don't have to be experiencing these traumas on a regular basis. And that obviously that we're looking at that from a kind of systemic oppression standpoint, but actually this is true of anything. Like if you're somebody who's like you're in a in a friendship or a relationship with somebody who is constantly impacting you and it's like oh my goodness like you're such an amazing person I can't believe how you deal with all of my bullshit and you stay my friend. It's like hold on a second. No, stop. Actually, stop the bullshit that means that I have to deal with the impacts. I mean, when you put it in that that 
That constancy sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous, but it also sounds so familiar. Mm-hmm. Like how many times in the past I've probably said something along those lines of like, I'm sorry you have to deal with all my bullshit. Well, maybe I should take care of my bullshit so, so you don't have to deal with it. Exactly. Like, let me stop coming to you with this bullshit unless it's a situation like there's a consensual, um, I want to witness or be witnessed and something like that. And but the constant- between supporting somebody with with something that they've got going on and creating the stuff they have to deal with. Very, very different. You're going through so much, I don't want to put any more on you. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> like, right, here uh, you go. Okay, did contradict much? But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so I think that the, the important thing to re- to recognize with this within this, and I mean, we, we're a little bit, I mean, we're probably going to go a little longer than we would normally do, but this is a really important mm-hmm. episode. The other thing is that um, Serena actually brought something up at the beginning of this, like before we started recording, she's like, oh, is it kind of this? And I was like, hmm, really? Um, do you want to just explain the, the example that you gave and how you thought that that was resilience and the suggested tweak that I, I'll jump in with what I most suggested tweet was. <laughs> when we um talking about where resilience is worn as a badge of honor, mm-hmm. it was a badge of honor I used to place on myself. And mm-hmm. it was one that I placed on myself for my pain tolerance. I basically used to be like, I have a really high pain tolerance and I'm like, it was like, look whoa Okay. Huh. Holy what you, shit. What are you doing here? Oh <laughs> We're, we're, we're mid-podcast. <laughs> okay. You were supposed to be here at five. <laughs> well, the thing was, because I, I checked to make sure the door was locked, and then I'm like, I can't see you at all. So it's just, I thought it was a, I don't know. I'm so sorry. That's okay. We may have to keep it in just yeah. for the video yeah. content. Have fun cutting that one. (laughs) (laughs) Or don't, just as we said, this might be a little bit longer than normal. Like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the, like, what's going to happen editing-wise. But we had the perfect example of a... Oh, you started already. Oh, yeah. No, I'm (laughs) talking... I didn't realize we'd started again. This is why when I go to start, I check if you're ready. ready. I'm so used to being the one not ready. Oh, yeah. No, I'm so used to being the one not ready and giving the okay response that I was like, let me let me surprise her and just jump right back in. Okay. Apparently, we're recording again. Um, This has been an interesting podcast. We have so much stuff. I kind of want to see what my reactions look like. Oh, you'll get to. That's the good thing. You'll get to. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know yeah as you were saying like, I'm not sure how this is going to get edited <laughs> we just had a slight trauma <laughs> Serena a little bit more significant <laughs> than mine was because she was right next to the front door um, one of our friends just stopped by and we weren't expecting them in there us- it's a very, very very someone who's very close to me so they have a key to my front door and I, they we normally they, if, if they're arriving then um, they just let themselves in so we have plans to meet at five o'clock today and it's not five o'clock it's yet. not five o'clock yet and I specifically right before we started Claire's like is the door locked and I was like nope now it is so yeah. there was a mindful like I have locked the, the door. door and um, the space is safe yes <laughs> 
Or not. Or not. As the case may be. And where we're sitting, Claire actually has a window in front of her. So she could see this person walking. I saw someone walking up to the door and I knew who it was. So I thought, oh, maybe they've come to drop something off. Like, they've, they, I, 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 I couldn't think what, but I was like, oh, maybe they're just going to drop something and they'll be back later. Um, but unfortunately, Serena couldn't see any of that. I saw none of that. And there's windows on the door, which is like, where am I? Here. Oh, my God. Do you see what I just did? I looked at the video to figure out where, where the, the door, door was. <laughs> the door doesn't change. It's always in the same spot. The door's over there. <laughs> yeah, it's right. I mean, like, I, I literally, when I locked it, I just leaned, leaned in my seat to yeah. lock it. So it's it's p- window pane. Like, it's glass panes on the top half of it. So I can see who's at the door. And I couldn't see anybody. And all of a sudden, the door. Because the angle you come towards the door, if you're unlocking it, you often don't go right squarely in front of the glass. So all of a sudden the door just swings kind of open and nobody, like, and I I reacted and there was a little scream and a jump and a, a, a whole lot of emotions. Um, and nobody appeared, which scared me even more. I'm like, oh my God. If you'd seen them, you'd have been like, oh, what are you doing here? Like, right. That was what my response was. Like, what are you doing here? And know, I'm freaking out couple of hours. I don't know if... The wind, like maybe I didn't. Oh, I just realized actually. Oh, we've let's got not the create any going. other noise. any extra noise. And yeah. we actually did get confirmation that the one thing that I said could be happening that was an excuse. They the are noise. chopping down a palm tree and feeding it through the <laughs> chipper. So I can only be so like upset by it because I said, well, the only thing. Well, there you go. Um, so it opened. And then I had the reaction like, okay, was it the wind? And I'm like, wait a minute. No, I know. I know I physically did the lock. And I'm like, oh my God, who is that? And this is all happening like in In seconds. And then all of a sudden I see their head pop around and they're like, I am so sorry. sorry. And we're both standing here like, what are you doing here? (laughs) She's freaking out. And yeah. So great example of a slight trauma. And and the interesting thing is, like, what did you do? I stopped. I took a breath. I'm like, okay. Went into my security. I know this person. It's okay. So it's okay. We're okay. I was scared momentarily. So I acknowledged that, that I was scared. I could have bundled up the energy and the emotion, but I'm like, no, I screamed. I jumped. Okay. I, and then I- <laughs> It all I, came out. I processed. And then I took another breath because I was like- okay, I need another one. I need to ground myself just a little bit more. And I went through and I met my knees. And then it was like, I'm still, and even now I'm still like, I'm I'm kind of like, oh, wow, that just yes. happened. But it's not, it's not a traumatic impact. It's just like, okay, I'm still processing and that's okay. Like I can't always process instantly. So yeah. it's like, I keep checking in and it's like, okay, maybe another deep breath. I just did the same thing. Exactly the same thing. And then it's, it's like, like, okay. Okay, now my now I'm gonna slow down a little bit, and mm-hmm. you can here it is right here the process. This like is, this, this is, is how, how it happens. We, how we do it, yeah. So before all of that happened, you were sharing about resilience being worn as a badge of honor, and <laughs> I the, forgot the, I was tr- yes. I was actually talking. During <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, I think that's also why I could see what was going on because Serena was talking, and so when I saw movement outside, I was like, "What's going on?" Like. What are you doing here? Why have you just walked through the door? Well, it, We're podcast recording, remember? And all of the instances of the weird noises we couldn't yes. figure out too. Like, 
<laughs> so, so anyway, you were talking about the fact that you suggested something that might have been an example of resilience. Of resilience. Yeah. And that was um, my pain tolerance. And it's like, look at what I can get through. And it's like, oh, I know I can go through surgery. I'm going to be fine because... I have a strong pain or a high pain tolerance and it makes me strong and it means that I can do this and kind of stuff. And, and Serena's like, is that a good example of resilience? And I was like, actually, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's not a good example of a good example of resilience, but it's a great example for this podcast episode. It, it's a great, it's a great example of masking. Um, when you say it's a good example of this podcast episode, what do you mean? In the sense that basically what Claire pointed out, she's like, so you're good at masking that you're not taking care of your needs or so being traumatized. The thing about it is, is that the pain is the, is the trauma. There is the, 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 the I have a pain, a high, a pain pie tolerance, <laughs> a high pain tolerance even. Well, I probably have a pain pie tolerance too. <laughs> I kind of like a hain pie tolerance. I want to know what that is. I don't know, but um, I kind of want some pie now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> going for pie after this. Um, so, oh God, I really want to go for promises I really you can't keep. <laughs> like maybe we have to call someone to bring it back when they come at five o'clock. Well, they <laughs> did say, do you need me to get you something to eat? We may need to do that. <laughs> go get us pie. Um, so... <laughs> Anyway, um, so the thing about it is, is that having that high pain tolerance isn't about, okay, my knees are being impacted by this pain. What do I need to do to recover the needs that have been impacted by this pain and get back to where I was before? That might be pain medication. It might be resting. It might be doing like other things that will support icing or whatever um, to help support the body in recovering quicker from the thing that has created the pain. The pain tolerance is actually a way of often masking the needs. It's like, oh, look, I'm going to mask the fact that I'm in pain right now um, and not have to not face the fact that I'm in pain right now. And if I'm not facing the fact that I'm in pain right now, I'm probably not going to be doing things to meet the need that is caused that are being impacted by the fact that I'm in pain right now. So in actual fact, that masking of those needs is often a way that we actually inhibit our resilience. It's a way of working against our resilience because resilience is like, here, my needs have been impacted. Great. Here's the needs. Here's how I meet them. Here's how I build them back up again. If we're not even recognizing that the pain, that the, the needs have been impacted, which that, oh, look, I've got a high pain tolerance. Look what I can take does. Um, then we're not going to do the things that will help to recover them, which means that we're actually going to get in the way of our resilience being present. All I would do is give myself lip service. Mm -hmm. Like telling myself I have a high pain tolerance doesn't get rid of the pain. Right. <laughs> And the thing about it is, is that yes, you have a high pain tolerance in the fact that something might not impact you. Like if we had the same experience, you might not be as impacted by it in the same, to the extent, mm -hmm. to the same extent that I would be. But the reality is, is that often I, I mean, I, I experienced a little teeny piece of this with you. It's like that, that it's like the, I've got a high pain tolerance was a way of almost like ignoring when pain was present mm -hmm. and trying to like push through and mask it and be like, no, I'm fine. I can keep going. Which means that you're probably going to compromise other needs that wouldn't have been impacted if you'd just taken care of the pain and, I wasn't, and supported the need in the first place. And yeah, and I'm not actually meeting the need no. by masking it. No. I'm just... You're just pretending, ignoring it, trying to pretend it isn't there. And the thing about it is, is that when you ignore the need, often that's when the need amplifies because it wants to get heard more. And it's like, oh, like, how do I, like, oh, it's not being met. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. Hello. Anybody there? Could you really take care of this need now? Feather brick. Feather, Feather brick, brick truck. truck. Yes. <laughs> and if you haven't seen that episode, we'll put a link to that in the comments as well. 
So um, today has been a very interesting <laughs> episode. This Glad is to not, have you on this journey with us. This is not where I thought this was going today. Um, um, I also think, depending on where you cut it, we should put a... Uh, this probably could be a conversation for after the recording, but here we are. Okay. Um, a note for um, a trigger warning just because I do scream. Yes. A little bit. A little bit. Um, we'll see. We'll, I'll we'll see what the well. And the other thing is that I can always edit down the volume. So depending on like, we'll 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 just we'll figure we'll out how it. to best edit it, um, so that it won't impact your needs by listening to it. Which is um actually and that's in, uh, it's interesting actually that's talking about this, um that's another example of how people are trying to minimize the impact of trauma. So it's like sometimes people will be traumatized just by seeing something or experiencing something. So a trigger warning is like letting people know that if they go down this path, this is something that they are likely to experience so that they can prepare and meet the needs ahead of time so that the need doesn't get impacted as much so they don't have as far to go back to recover it. So it was a nice little addition to the end of that it was. episode. And it's kind of funny because the person, um, when it comes to the volume, that actually brought it to our attention at one point was the person who just surprised me. Yes. I was like, I want you to be in the car listening to this <laughs> so you can have the same surprise. I think it was the roller coaster episode. And we yeah, were just talking and then I was like, woo! Yeah. And they said they were like, I was listening and all of a sudden I was on a Whoa. roller coaster. <laughs> We're like, okay. <laughs> Noted. We shall be mindful of volume going forward in the future. So, um, yeah. Anything you want to add to today's interesting roller coaster ride of a podcast episode? Yeah, I have no clue where I would go, so I'm going <laughs> to leave it at this. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being with us. Remember to stay safe, and between now and next time, to continue meeting your needs. Lots of love. Bye. Bye, friends. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe rate, and give us a written review, as it will help more people find us. And remember, resilience is the speed and effectiveness at which you can recover your needs to the point they were at before they were impacted. Well, shit. It really is that simple.